We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. To the Rotowire NBA podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Tuesday, February 6th. Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha on Johnny Flynn's 29th birthday. Oh. The Johnny Flynn, the sixth overall pick in the illustrious 2009 NBA draft. Uh, I was a huge, huge Johnny Flynn guy in college at Syracuse. I think pretty much everyone around our age loved Johnny Flynn, loved that Syracuse team. Um, Obviously, injuries got the best of him. Uh, I maintain that had he stayed healthy, you know, I think he would be a multi-time All-Star, a multi-time gold medalist, a lock for the Hall of Fame. Uh, but nonetheless, happy 29th birthday to Johnny Flynn. He, do you know which team he finished his NBA career for? I had oh, wow. no recollection of this ever happening. But he started at Minnesota, of course, oh. uh, went to Houston, and then played 18 games for another team in 2012. You just kind of have to give – that one to me. The Portland Trailblazers. That didn't happen. That did happen. That's a typo. He, in October of 2012, he signed with the Pistons and was waived after training camp. Uh, he was he was involved with the trade um, that sent him to Portland along with Hashim Thabit. Oh. So not many guys can say they were drafted in the top six overall and were also traded for the guy who went number two in that draft, right. Hashim Thabit. 2009 draft, by the way, uh, ended up being sneaky good. I, one it? of the better, without looking at every draft, I would I would say just off the the top, you know, guys that went top ten. This has to be one of the two or three best of the last ten to fifteen years. You get Blake at one, the beat. You, we don't have to talk about that. Uh, he went to, but then he got Harden at three, Tyreek Evans, oh. who was a rookie of the year that year, at four, Rubio five, Flynn six, Stephen Curry, uh, Warriors point guard Steph Curry, yeah, uh, at seven. 
Jordan Hill uh, at eight to the Knicks. DeMar DeRozan nine. Brandon Jennings ten. Um, the the middle of this of this draft not so great. Uh, picks like eleven through sixteen. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of production there. There's some Drew Holiday, right? Jeff Drew Holiday. in there. Yeah, the seventeen to thirty was not bad, but the like the the late lottery and early non lottery. The best player to go between eleven and sixteen was Gerald Henderson. Yeah, I don't think anyone else in that range. I guess James Johnson at sixteen, maybe. There, I, I see this was the John Brockman draft, right? Also the Roddy Bobois draft. Okay. And the Byron Mullins draft. Roddy Bobois may be one of the best NBA names that has ever come through. I actually just saw something on Twitter about him the other day. He's he's bouncing around Europe. So okay. He's still playing basketball. Still Not in the there. NBA, uh, but he's playing. Danny Green was the 46th pick in that I see draft. that to Cleveland. He, uh, he actually ranks fourth in value over replacement in this draft. Harden oh. one, Curry two, Blake three, Danny Green, and then Drew Holiday. Interesting. Okay um and then after drew holidays tyreek evans who we want to talk about right away so he hasn't played in what a week or so it feels uh, like if not a week. a week it's been close to a week the grizzlies um pretty much transparently sitting him out and saying we don't want to hurt him because we're going to trade him and that's not really a surprise it's i guess it's somewhat of a surprise for a team to do it that blatantly but you know when you're in the position that the grizzlies are um you know having just ruled out mike conley for the year having you know being 16 games under 500 in the western conference like you know you could kind of read between the lines so you know what are the destinations right now for Tyreek Evans I think Boston's emerging as an option Philly's supposedly in there Denver, Denver. was one I think there's one more than I'm I want to say Portland yeah that might be I mean the there one. are a lot of teams that want Tyreek Evans right I think I think Denver and Boston kind of seem like the top two options right now yeah and I mean because those are both teams that I mean, Boston's kind of, I mean, all in is the wrong word, but they're trying to, I mean, they're trying to win the finals. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, at this well, they're point. in this unique position where they can go all in, but can also maybe get the number two pick in the draft and right. have like, and you know, when you're, when you're going all in like four of your top 10 guys are, you know, 23 and under. And, par- and part of the reason, I mean, a lot of these teams are hesitant to trade for Tyreek Evans, who could actually use them a lot is because they it's just it's just basically a rental um but the celtics out of probably all those teams except maybe denver to some extent probably care the least about a rental potentially um because they have greg monroe right now who's essentially also a rental and then even if even if the celtics let tyreek evans and greg monroe walk at the end of the season um they get gordon hayward back and so at that point they are they really i mean what could they lose by doing that by trading for tyreek evans Mm -hmm. unless you know they i don't know how much i don't know that they need tyreek evans i don't know either although i think you you can kind of it's kind of implied that if you get tyreek evans maybe you're you're sending out like a marcus smart so you kind of create a hole and then you fill the hole with evans yeah i just I, I'm just not sure. I, I mean, I guess you take the Marcus Smart risk, quote unquote, if you're Memphis, because I mean, you're gonna. I mean, he's gonna walk, so you have to take something. I mean, you're not you're not just gonna keep him. And Marcus Smart's obviously a good player on defense, and his. I mean, his offense is still pretty bad, but I don't pretty know. Bad. I would I, I would like to see him on the Nuggets too. I mean, they're a team that I think he would fit because he's kind of like 
multi-positional. He's a ball handler. Mm-hmm. He can also cut. He's kind of like the like the beggar Will Barton to some extent. Although I don't, some, a lot of people well, you talk Barton to, defender, yeah. I'll just say a lot of people you talk to is very much. I think uh, Will Barton would tell you that that's not the case. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah. so if you're Boston or if you're Denver, is it worth surrendering a first round pick? Because I think I think Tyreek Evans, especially based on what you know, other players who have garnered first round picks at the deadline, the one I always go back to is like Bogdanovich last year. Like, yeah. if, if Washington was willing to give up what turned out to be, I don't even know what the twentieth, twenty first pick, something like that for Bogdanovich. Um, and you can't apply that rule universally, but it's like Tyreek Evans is much better than Bogdanovich. Right. And I think you can kind of use that precedent to say, like, if you want this guy, you're going to have to get a first-round pick. You know, there's been talk that, you know, Denver could trade Moutier to Boston to get smart, but Boston, of course, would want a first-rounder included in that deal. And then Boston would use that first-rounder to send, you know, to Memphis for Tyreek. Okay. That's what I've heard. Um, I, the, the, I mean, the crux of that deal would be, is it worth it for Denver to lose that first whether they're ended up ending up with smart or evans it doesn't matter i mean they denver doesn't really i mean they don't they don't they have actually like a lot of relatively young talent they aren't playing mm-hmm. so do i mean do they really need that pick i mean they have malik beasley who's like are you what are the chances that you use that pick to get a player that's a lot better than malik beasley Right. Tory Craig, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez. Yeah. How could you, you know? possibly get someone better than Tory <laughs> Craig? Right. But you know, I mean, but, but picks in that range. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there's like a fifty percent chance you draft someone worse than Tory Craig yeah. to some extent. So you know, get, being able to get Tyreek Evans, even if it's for a year, and maybe you convince them to stay. I don't know if they exactly have the money for that. Not mm-hmm. a lot of teams have cap room next year, but um, I think. You know, I think the Nuggets look at this like they're playing really well right now, even without Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap comes back. You basically, you know, you have a starting lineup of theoretically like Murray, Harris, Tyreek Evans, um, Trey Lyles maybe, and then – or sorry, uh, uh, Millsap and then Jokic. And then your bench is essentially Will Barton, Trey Lyles, um, Malik Beasley, like those kind of guys. So, you know, I – I mean, I think they're a team that can compete really hard in the West. Um, they're they're basically on fire right now on offense. I just read something how they've been practicing like a lot less, and it's it's been working for them. But I think that's what a lot of teams are doing at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know they're they're in that they're in that mid tier <coughs> they're in that mid tier West spot where I feel like most of those teams are generally as good as one another. I mean, you're yeah. you're talking kind of Portland, OKC, Denver, all in that, um, all in that in that mm-hmm. tier. Yeah, I mean OKC at thirty and twenty four, they've lost four in a row. You know, they're eleven and a half back of Golden State. You can go all the way down to the Clippers at number nine. They're thirteen and a half back of Golden State. There's only two games separating the Clippers and the Thunder, which is crazy. Um, and then, of course, within that range, you have Portland, Denver, and New Orleans. Utah lurking a couple games back or the Clippers I think they're still on the fence as to what they want to do but as you alluded to like if you're giving up a first round pick especially this late in the year you're doing it with the expectation that whatever you're getting back for that pick is going to depreciate the draft pick that you're sending out right so like right now Denver would be picking 19th theoretically Mm -hmm. um you know let's say if you're adding Marcus Smart you're adding Tyreek Evans plus you're getting Millsap back I think they would expect that that pick ends up being 22 23 24 something like that and at that point it becomes a little more easy to rationalize but 
there's always the risk that it goes the other way. Although in this scenario, barring, you know, barring an injury to Jokic or, you know, Gary Harris or something like that, it's really hard to see that, you know, becoming a lottery pick. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. And we're seeing some of these, you know, it, the West is, has getting, has gotten kind of weird, especially since you might kind of mention Utah has been playing a lot better since they got Gobert back. Um, Ricky Rubio is doing that thing where he plays really well for like 15 games of the season. Um, and, Portland's not I don't see Portland going too much in either direction at this point I think they kind of are they are who we think they are um yeah OKC slide since uh Robertson's been out it's been pretty significant um I, I mean I feel I don't you know they're not going to continue you know winning 20 percent of their games obviously but um that I mean they had no they had no depth to work with and so at this point I mean if we ended up you know in an an OKC Denver series I would pick I think I would just pick Denver like at this point I I don't know I I have a lot of faith in the Nuggets probably more than most people so I wouldn't blame them for doing this Tyreek trade because if I mean in that scenario where you assume they get Tyreek Evans I just think they have more overall talent like I Mm -hmm. think the the Nuggets bench would just destroy whoever's out there for for the Thunder yeah well I mean the rotation shortened in the playoffs obviously I mean you're gonna have Russ PG and probably Mello by default, and Stephen Adams. I mean, that forty-two minutes a game. Forty minutes. I mean, yeah. I mean, Paul George has basically been playing forty minutes a game this year. So was Russ when they've needed him. Yeah, they're in trouble. I mean, that's the thing that when you build a roster like that, and we've harped on this before. Like every every super team, with the exception of the Warriors, just you just don't have a bench. That's the trade-off when you yeah. build a team like that. You go all in. You stack your salaries and your top three or four guys, and then you just fill out around them. I mean. We could talk about the Thunder. I mean, are they in play for any of these guys? I mean, if the thing is, if you're Memphis and you're being offered a first-round pick from Denver and you're being offered a first-round pick from, you know, Boston, you're being offered first-rounders all over the place, you might not choose OKC, which, you know, right now would have the worst pick, which is a team, you know, it's pretty much unimaginable to think that OKC wouldn't make the playoffs. Right. And that's kind of the way Memphis might have to think if they have multiple first-round pick offers on the table. Yeah, and... um I mean, and there's probably a possibility, Doug, if you can get the, you know, if you're trading with either um, Boston or Denver, that you'll probably get maybe, or you might get Marcus Smart or Moutier along with a pick. Right. So you kind of get two shots there. Um, Do you want Moutier? Well, I, you don't it? not. I mean, you just take him if he's handed to you, right? I don't know. I love that report. And I, I retweeted this the other day. It was like, Nuggets are dangling Emmanuel Moutier <laughs> in trade for Marcus Smart. Like, dangling i think it's like the other way around at best um i don't think i mean moody's value is as low as it's ever been yeah although i mean if there's one place or one coach who it wouldn't surprise you was able to get something out of him it would be brad stevens that is true and um yeah i mean and so if if the you know if the grizzlies try to trade with okc i don't i mean who i mean maybe they get terrence ferguson like I, so what do they get with the do they get anything with the first round pick are you really banking on any of those picks being significantly worse than the other ones see that's a good question i mean i i think i think guys like donovan mitchell and probably to an even stronger degree kyle kuzma like they raise the value of these late first you know i think if you're if you're the grizzlies you see kyle kuzma go 27 and you think all right, hey, if we can get this extra pick, we can get the next Kuzma. And yeah. if you look at Memphis's draft history, there's nothing whatsoever to suggest that they would do that. <laughs> um, but I think I think you know t- guys like that panning out and becoming big time contributors right away has 
has at least made those first round picks a little more interesting in the 20 to 30 range i think so but isn't some of that just recency bias oh to some yeah, extent? i mean so I, I mean maybe it's easier to sell to your fan base or you're convinced that your scouts can do the same thing but historically i mean i don't think the fact that picks after 15 aren't that you're basically i mean i want to say there's shots in the dark but to try to get someone as good as kuzma is a shot in the dark right. after 15 so yeah. i just think it's not really a throwaway you know, I think to, it's not to th- the casual fan, that you, it's hard to get excited if you get the 27th pick. You know, like at the time that D'Angelo Russell was traded and number 27 came back to Brooklyn or came back to L.A., it was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, cut to mid-October and it's Kuzmania. Yeah. I don't know. Some fan bases get so – I people on Bucks Twitter were getting mad about the Bucks giving up that second-round pick for Tyler Zeller. So, I mean, it's the protected. fan bases – certain fan bases can't even – they don't. You know they mm-hmm. they get really touchy about certain picks. Other fan bases are like, "Screw it, we'll take the right. ty- we'll take Tyreek Evans." Bucks fans in particular have been burned by stuff like uh, that for, like, for a long time. Giving up picks, um, taking the wrong player, a pick before the yep. other player. I mean, the guy that was involved in the Zeller trade, you know, Rashad Vaughn was picked what one spot before Bobby Portis. And yes. Not that Bobby Portis is a perennial All Star, but the Bucks got nothing out of Rashad Vaughn for three years. He, he's been less impactful in his third NBA season than he was in either of his first two. Yes. And the Bucks could certainly use a guy like Bobby Portis, uh, especially tonight. I don't know if you saw Henson is out. I did see that. So yeah. they're, they're going to be without like six guys. I Yeah. We'll talk about the Bucks in a second. I just wanted to do the draft daily read. Okay. I wanted to ask you, what's better than fantasy sports? nothing the future of fantasy sports oh correct the fantasy gold team is bringing you just that welcome to draftdaily.com it's crypto it's currency it's sports draftdaily.com is the new standard in the dfs industry with almost non-existent fees 100 trackable transactions and zero percent risk of chargebacks we are taking the industry by storm making the game we all love both safer safer excuse me and cheaper to play we brought fantasy sports and blockchain technology together to create the ultimate user experience and platform in DraftDaily.com. On DraftDaily.com, our users can play without worry and without fees, digging into their profits. DraftDaily introduces cryptocurrencies to the masses. What better way to do that than to merge crypto with fantasy? On DraftDaily, you play with and you win cryptocurrency. Secure your place in history. Play on DraftDaily.com today, where players and the game they love are the focus. All right, so... We'll I think play on draftdaily.com. The Bulls should have draft or the Bulls should have traded the Jordan Bell pick for cryptocurrency instead should've. of actual cash, I think. No one's done it yet. They could be the well, first. Yeah. We'll see. The Bucks should have sent in some cryptocurrency in the Zeller deal. <laughs> so let's talk about that quickly. I mean, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna really move the needle all that much in the grand scheme of things, but the Bucks basically gave away a dead asset in Rashad Vaughn. Yep. A guy they probably weren't gonna bring back next year, certainly weren't gonna sign to an extension uh, after his rookie deal's up. For a player in Zeller who, you know, has completely fallen out of the Nets rotation, but I don't know that it's because of his performance. You know, I think it's just more of the Nets wanting to get their first round pick in Julio Okafor. Yeah, more minutes at center. Um, and I think I think this was a smart move by the Bucks. I mean, you buy really low on Zeller, you send a second round pick, which you know you never love to lose those. But the Bucks were in need of center depth. Zeller's a big time upgrade over Marshall Plumley. Yeah, at times he's probably an upgrade over Thonmaker, um, and it kind of just gives the Bucks a little bit more insurance in a situation like tonight when you know John Henson is hurt. Yeah, and 
you know, yeah, like you mentioned, the I mean, the main I think the main reason Zeller wasn't in the rotation at some point was because he's 28. He's kind of a he's older than I thought he was, but um, I don't think that's necessarily a you know trading a second round pick for a 28 year old is a bad thing for the Bucks who probably want to compete in the next three years. And Zeller will he's also on a bargain deal. He's being paid like essentially a million and a half over the next two years um, each year. And um, he does have a better three-point percentage than Thon Maker, I think, um, which is interesting. I didn't know Zeller was shooting threes this year until I looked. He's like 10 for 26. And Is he going to be in the three-point shootout or at All-Star or no? I don't think so. Um, you know, maybe well, – we'll, we'll just have to see. Maybe they'll pivot him injury in. Injury replacement. Yeah, injury replacement, Tyler Zeller. But, um, I mean, as, as ridiculous as that sounds, I mean, the Bucks just basically need someone who can box out and actually – grab rebounds and, and be a physical screener and like i i like john henson but you know i mean i went to that the knicks game recently and you know he couldn't box out anybody i mean not that Cantor's easy to box out but it was it was pretty bad and um i don't know i think i think the bucks having floor spacing at the center position position is really important for Giannis because when you don't have when you have Giannis and henson out there i mean there is no floor spacing right and that kind of puts them in a bind. So even if Zeller only shoots 30% on threes, I think that option is still kind of important to have and is an underrated part of really just what they got. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what they, in theory, want when Thon's on the court. Right. And it works, but, I mean, you talk about Henson getting beat on the boards. I mean, oh, yeah. Maker gets absolutely killed on the glass. And, and we should say Henson had 18 rebounds on Sunday. Against uh, the Nets. Against the Nets. So that's a <laughs> little asterisk there. Uh, and this also works out really well. And you got to wonder if the Bucks planned this. Like, they're in Brooklyn on Sunday. The trade goes down Monday afternoon, uh, and Zeller's just like, I think he just kind of like left the Nets and went over just cr- across town, took and a taxi, the Bucks, and he's going to be available tonight. So, yeah, I mean, again, not a deal that's really going to move the needle um, in the grand scheme of things, but I think I think this is a good deal for the Bucks. I think Tyler Zeller was considered like a pretty good player not that long ago. And the yeah. fact that he's just been stuck on, you know, a Brooklyn team this year that doesn't really have a direction, I think has artificially lowered his value than it actually is. He was always one of those guys where I felt I was, I, you know, I never thought he deserved like huge minutes, but I felt like it was weird that teams kept dumping him for nothing. Yeah. Like I felt like he was just a, he was a good backup center kind of an option, like 15, 20 minutes a game and almost like Aaron Baines. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he, I mean, he might have that chance now. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, ex-teammate of John Henson in college as well. So that's true. They play connection there. Yeah, they play on the same. I they play on the court at the same time ever. I, I, I assume yeah. so. I mean, yeah, Henson was the power forward for that team. That's right, he was. Those what were the team. days. That was the days. And maybe Kendall Marshall's next. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card, get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cash back, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. 
The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, okay, where do you want to go here, Blake Griffin? Sure. Okay, so you had a chance to watch, I know, at least parts of Blake's first couple games in Detroit. Early takeaways? They look really good. Um, I I mean, I, watch, I watched their first... I watched the first game and the third game basically in their entirety. And it's very, like, the the difference, you know, I was kind of worried. I thought about it at first when the trade went down. I was a little worried that, you know, Blake Drummond would be just really similar to Blake DeAndre. It's not even close. Um, Drummond is, is so much better, in my opinion, than DeAndre Jorgen just all around. Having him as, as an offensive threat can really just, I mean, the, the way they move the ball around, I mean, they just are wrong in circles. It, it it kind of felt like a like a different version of the Nets to me, where it's like these dribble handoffs from the big men who can all pass, and they just have wings who can just shoot the lights out. Essentially, guys like Anthony Tolliver, like Bullock, Canards out there more than he used to be, and um, Stanley Johnson sometimes scores twenty, sometimes scores zero. But I I really liked it. I thought it looked really smooth. Um, it. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but it, you know, if they snuck into the AC, it wouldn't surprise me the way they're looking now. Yeah. I mean, I think no one was really sure how this was going to turn out. You know, we went over on two pods last week, you know, talking about the rationale for both sides and why they did it. And I mean, this is basically why, right? If you're Detroit, you kind of wanted that, that wing slash interior facilitator, you know, as good of a passer as Drummond is, which he doesn't really get credit for. He's not exactly a playmaker, you know. He's not so he couldn't really do much off the dribble, and and that's kind of Blake's specialty. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was a little concerned about how this would work. You know, the popular rhetoric, like you said, was they're just trying what worked for a couple years in LA. Yeah. And, you know, is it really going to be all that much better? And you know, we're still only four games in, but yeah, I mean, I, I've I've watched bits and pieces of these last three games, and Blake seems like a seamless fit so far. I mean, it seems like they welcomed him and what he brings to the offense in terms of just kind of being the guy like they've everyone else on that team seems just okay with handing the reins to him uh drummond included which i think is really interesting and i mean both of those guys blake had six assists last night against portland drummond had five um and i I just think he's not getting enough credit for drummond that is for how good of a pass oh yeah deandre jordan had five assists one time in a game over the last two years you know and obviously part of that's because he's playing with like griffin he's playing with chris paul they're not asking him to do those things but i would i would be hard-pressed to believe that you know he could average five assists per game like drummond is right now if the clippers asked him to do that no not at all and um that's that's been the thing with with drummond all year just i mean his increased passing and really just you know you can you can almost run the offense through him which before the year he was one of those guys where i was like i don't know if drummond is like He's shooting 37% on right. free throws. What's his actual value? Is he really going to get any better than this? He completely proved me wrong. And I should say, I, I I said earlier that I didn't think the Pistons would make the playoffs. That's probably wrong. They're basically tied with Philly right now for the eighth seed, which I think will be a battle, actually, for that eighth seed spot. Yeah, I mean, the the East is literally changing by the night. Yeah. The Bucks were in seventh place like three days ago, and you know now they're in fifth. And basically five through eight. Is it going to change? You know, any of those teams, as we talked about last week, could end up as high as five or as low as you know nine or ten when it's all said and done. Yeah, and I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't had a chance to watch the Clippers yet, so I kind of want to. I'm going to hold you know like a a real opinion on how it works out for them mm-hmm. until 
I actually watched one of their games, but their team may not even. I mean, they might try to trade Avery. I've heard they might try to trade Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. DeAndre is obviously still on the table. Um, I'm not super convinced that will happen, that he'll get traded, but their team is still, yeah. in my opinion, probably in flux. I don't even know if the on-court results are going to tell us anything for the Clippers. No. You know, like, I, don't, I don't think they honestly care all that much. I think they the result of the trade was that they got off of Blake's contract, and that was <laughs> yeah. it. You know, they... Tobias Harris is a nice player. Avery Bradley is a nice player. Bradley's expiring. Harris is expiring after next year. You know, they, they the return on their trade was basically done the second that the trade went through. You know, like if if they they're two and zero since since making the trade. Um, you know, if they if they go on a nice little run, make a make a cute little spirited run for the eight seed, that's great. <laughs> if they fall back and pick ninth or tenth, I think they're fine with that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if if Lou Williams ends up sticking around, which I don't think is all that likely, um, and then Austin Rivers comes back, you know, in the next week or two, does Bradley start coming off the bench? Does Rivers start coming off the bench? Like, if you know, and I, I hesitate to do this, but if you're if you're looking at the fantasy value of Avery Bradley, I would be a little <laughs> concerned about the you know the forthcoming Austin Rivers return. He's been Bradley's been like uh, I he's been kind of off all year as yeah. far as fantasy. Like he's kind of you may as, you almost may as well just stream someone else and take your chances there at least that's how it's felt to me same with like andrew wiggins to some extent which is kind of alarming to say but um you know it's it's just fantasy wise those guys aren't aren't that valuable who would have thought that avery bradley would be averaging now two and a half rebounds after 6.1 rebounds per game last year which was like double more than double his career average yeah that was ever get to the bottom of that by the way it was, I think, just... He had more rebounds at, like, the All-Star break last year than he had the entire season combined. I think they just asked him to do that because they were... I mean, the Celtics were such a bad rebounding team. I, I mean, I just looked at our... I'm just looking at our projections for him this year. And, I mean, we predict him for a pretty bit... We predict him for 4.5 rebounds. Right. I, I was responsible for a lot of those projections. Yeah, we were. I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I don't know. There's no way he gets to six again. Well, we'll play it safe and go four and a half. Yeah, because his, his rebounding numbers prior to that year were not even you know where did not no one saw that coming so mm-hmm. but yeah now, now he's almost a career low in rebounding which i guess playing next to drummond is can you just flip the switch when, in, when you're a guard <laughs> rebounding like is it just like oh we're, we need you to grab three more rebounds a game he's like all right i can just do that i think that a lot of that just comes down to like whether you whether the big men box out and don't yeah. go for it and they just let the guards run in or the kind of you know the russell westbrook right. situation I, was say, I think westbrook actually did prove that theory yeah oh we have some some breaking news from this trade uh willie reed the guy the the forgotten hero of this trade maybe yeah. not so much of a hero actually uh suspended six games uh, after a domestic violence incident don't know any of the details but the fact that he's already suspended six games not good doesn't sound great no so yeah uh that's i really don't have anything else to say about that neither do i um not a good situation if you're willie reed okay we have to talk about DraftKings. they have not given us a promo read so mm. we have we basically just have to come up with our own and okay. I have a list of talking points. Um, when you're playing on DraftKings, there's no season-long commitment. Is that correct? That's good. That is correct. That's It's daily. Um, yeah. You and I are actually co-managing a season-long team in the office. It has not gone well. It's gone very poorly, I w- in fact. I would prefer – your name is – You. It is. it is Team Whalen. It is. I'm looking at it right now. We're in 17th place. 
out of 20. I, you know, Lonzo Ball has been in the lineup for two weeks. <laughs> he, he hasn't played in a long time. <laughs> auction drafts were never my strong suit. Uh, well, that's the thing. When you're in a 20-team auction, uh, it's tough. Uh, we uh, The best lineup we've put out there included Dante Cunningham before the Boogie Cousins injury <laughs> uh, and Denzel Valentine. So that, but that, but y- you won't run into these problems if you're on DraftKings because there's no commitment because on DraftKings.com you don't have to check your fantasy team and see oh Alonzo Ball's been in my lineup for at least two weeks and he hasn't played at all during that time oh Jameer Nelson's not playing this week because he got traded again that doesn't happen on DraftKings all you do is create one lineup or multiple lineups I guess for that slate of games you can create a fresh lineup whenever you want whether you win or whether you lose that night it's over you can start over the next night you can play with your friends I have not actually done this, but I've heard I have friends that have done it, particularly for NFL, where you create your own like custom contest. Have you ever done that before? Yeah, we have one in the office for FanDuel on sure Wednesdays, um, but we should be doing it on DraftKings. We should, we should. FanDuel, what's FanDuel? I I've never heard of that. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I, I don't know what. Have, I'm yeah, <laughs> kind of a brain malfunction there. I don't right. Know. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. So more contests mean more shots to win. That's pretty obvious. And the most important thing when it comes to DraftKings is that when you make your first ever deposit on DraftKings of at least $10, you get a free six-month subscription to rotowire.com, which I've heard is an excellent, excellent website. That's that's the real, yeah, that's, that's the real the treat there, yeah. Save that one for last. So DraftKings.com, play there. We play there. It's a lot of fun. Make sure you do that. Uh, the Lakers are apparently, I don't, giving up is probably a little bit strong. But there are reports today that they may be, we'll say, turning their attention uh, rather than the summer of 2018 to the summer of 2019, uh, which to me indicates that they are kind of coming to terms with the fact that they haven't exactly put out this extremely attractive product for no. a certain Cavaliers forward <laughs> to come and play with. Uh, so there's two sides of this. One, it's you know that the Lakers, if you believe this report, might actually be looking at a little more of a long-term approach to what does that mean for LeBron? Because his options seem to be very slowly or very quickly, I should say, very quickly dwindling. <laughs> I, yeah, it it would not surprise me then. I, I, I just I have no idea. I mean, there's always speculation like LeBron to L.A. and LeBron to San Antonio or wherever. But I really, to me, I have no idea what LeBron is doing, and that's part of the problem. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he maybe did like a shorter term thing in Cleveland and just kind of like, I, you know, I see I, that seems rational, but there's also reports today that he quote cussed out two executives, him and oh. Dan Gilbert aren't on speaking terms. Like, you know, it's, not surprising though. Yeah. And not, that's not surprising at all. I don't like, it wouldn't be surprising if they haven't been on speaking terms for two years. Yeah. You know? like, I don't <laughs> think anyone would be surprised by that, but you know, it's like it's hard for – and that's not even talking about what's gone on, gone on on the court this year. Like what about this Cleveland team? You know, like obviously Cleveland is home to him, and that, that carries kind of unknown weight that no other city can really offer. But like what – whether you hate the owner, you're probably not on the greatest terms with this new GM who you barely know. Right. Who knows where you're at with Ty Lue. You probably hate half the teammates you're with. Like <laughs> – if, is re-signing in Cleveland for one year all that of an that much of an attractive option right now? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, unless they basically flip the whole roster somehow in the off season, or yeah, I think that's the only way that maybe that's the only way he would. And he just goes that he's like, you guys got to change like all of it. I want it all different. Do it who trade who you got to trade. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I mean, and so the 
the report that came out about the Lakers that was by I don't want to uh, it was from ESPN um basically just saying they're yeah the Lakers are looking at 2019 summer instead due to I think a lot of cap room issues surrounding Luol Deng mm. um as well as they have a lot of young they like the the Ingram like they have Ingram Randall Clarkson Nance kind of all like playing other guys positions but they're all still like good enough they all deserve playing time but it's like you can't have all these guys plus a star so I think they're just kind to you know these guys maybe they'll just let them play together for another year they get some more chemistry they get a little better and then they can go after the 2019 free agent class which I think in the article highlighted Clay Thompson uh, Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler who I think are more realistic options to get in free agency than LeBron James Paul George and DeMarcus Cousins um and so i i think this is i i think this is a fine move by the lakers it makes sense to me um just based on their cap situation and and what the young guys are doing and and everything like that yeah i mean it's i think the the juicier storyline is to kind of read between the lines you know and it's like yeah this is great for the development of randall and nance and lonzo and whoever else but you know this this also speaks to what they think about their chances for for these guys this yeah. summer like does this all of a sudden mean that if, if the lakers are like it's one thing for them to not understand what's going on with lebron like no one knows right but i i mean i think lebron has always been their number one priority but it was always kind of you know lebron and who else and that, that guy has kind of been paul george so and demarcus cousins right but now cousins he... is such a unique situation with the injury i think it, like does this mean has has public opinion or at least opinion within front offices shifted that Paul George won't be on the market this summer now? I I mean, enough to where I don't think the Lakers are willing to gut their team to make cap room about it, you know? Um, and if the Lakers aren't willing to to take a risk on a superstar when they figure they can get almost any superstar they want, especially one who always is like, I love L.A. so much, L.A. is my home, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, I think, I think the Lakers are probably convinced that he is going to stay um, – in OKC I mean I I don't know long term maybe not but at least probably you know next year mm-hmm. with Carmelo probably being there next year too um and then you know Paul George recently had an interview with Rachel Nichols and he basically said the same thing he was like I'm leaving my options open but the fact is like I really feel like I've we this Thunder team has legitimate chemistry he called it a brotherhood he was like you know and they were you know before the Robertson thing which we'll see how that pans out but they I mean they had gotten on a pretty good streak. They looked really good. Um, and it's hard to, you know, I mean, it's hard to count Sam Presti out of making a few good moves and and um, getting a better bench for the team, really. And and another year of, you know, another year of playing together under their belt, and they could look a lot better. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it would not surprise me at this point, like if Paul George stays. I don't know. I don't know the percentages. Like if the Lakers think it's a seventy-five percent chance, but it's apparently significant enough to where mm-hmm. they are like, we can let this rebuild. Um, we can let this rebuild run for like another year, basically, and not worry about it. Yeah, and it's interesting. James and I um, talked on Thursday just about how like mismanaged so many of these teams are. To like LeBron James, LeBron James is going to be a free agent this summer, and there is very little evidence to believe that he has any reason to stay in Cleveland. And like how many teams are really in play? Like three, including the Cavs, you know, it's like, it's Houston, maybe 
LA, I think maybe, the 76ers have cap room. Sixers, maybe. Like, <laughs> teams, you know, when LeBron was a free agent in the past, you know, everybody in the league was, was just hoping to get a room. meeting. Yeah, it's like you had to clear cap space just in case. Uh, and now it's this this time around. I don't I don't think it's because teams don't want LeBron James. I think there's just there's so many teams that would love to be in this mix, like that just don't for a number of reasons just don't have the space, don't have the attractive assets that would require you know that LeBron would require to go there. Um, and I don't. It just seems like you know maybe maybe in hindsight you know after LeBron won the title two years ago, no one was sitting there thinking oh this guy's going to be available in two years we got to be ready. Yep. You know, but it just, I mean, how quickly things have changed. Yeah. And I think to some extent that's, I mean, the way, I mean, the, you know, we, we've gotten to the point where like, you know, it feels like half the teams are, uh, or not, not even half the teams, but like, you know, there's only four or five teams that have a legitimate chance. There's another like three or four teams, like just trying to get past the second round. Um, and then there's like eight teams just bottoming out on purpose Mm -hmm. and then there's that sweet spot that could actually realistically you know um would has the is on the come up enough but not good enough and they also have the cap room like you said it's like what three four teams well even look at the the, like the traditional powers in the nba like lebron james is a free agent and the chicago bulls and the new york knicks are in no position to even make a pitch like how crazy is that the knicks what have the knicks been doing how like this should have been the knicks goal signing tim hardaway jr right you know, like, and, you know, I mean, there's just a very, there's a big lack of foresight there. And it's easy for us to say now because no one saw the LeBron Cleveland relationship, I don't think, deteriorating to this level that it's at currently on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. But still. For, I mean, would this have to almost be a sign in trade for financial reasons? To who? Anyone. I mean, because uh, I, uh, I don't know if a team can really sign him really outright. Anymore. I mean, I think the goal would be to sign him out, right? The goal, yeah. But if you don't have the money and you still really like, you may be able to get a meeting mm-hmm. and then try to. Yeah, I don't know how the signing trades. Well, work I know now. in the past, and like if you read, I don't know if you read Windhorse's book that he put out over the summer about you know his return of the king. I think it was called just about that whole process. And it was you didn't get a meeting with LeBron unless you either had the cap space cleared or you had you know basically a button you could push and the cap space would be cleared. Like you had to have. You weren't going there to tell LeBron how you were going to do it. You were going there saying, we have it ready, or here it is, you know, in front of you, not this is what we hope to do. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, there's just not a lot of teams that seem to be in that position right now. That's weird to me. It is. It's very I, weird. And, and it's not just LeBron, you know. I mean, LeBron is old. I, again, I don't, there's a, every team in the league would love to have LeBron, but it's not like it's just him. You know, there's other free agents out there that yeah. are going to kind of be in the same spot. Um, last LeBron thing, he's no trade. He's one of the few players in the league that has a no trade clause. He, a source close to him, apparently confirmed today that he will not waive the no trade clause, which, which is probably good. Like a midseason LeBron James trade, just <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how I would process that. That would, that would probably take a couple of weeks for for me to like wrap my head around. You have to take off work for a while. I just would. To, I think I would just you go on see vacation. Me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I mean, it, to me, that almost seems like a pride thing. Like LeBron. The thought of LeBron, LeBron can't get being, traded, right? The thought of LeBron being traded, I think, like in LeBron's mind, is even a scary thought. Yeah. Um, what would that? Well, yeah. What would that do to his brand? Right. Um, Michael Jordan didn't get traded. Mike. <laughs> Kobe Bryant tried to get traded, but was unsuccessful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That to me, that's kind of a non-story. Um, just, 
I I don't know why he would try to get. I just don't know why he would try to get traded. That's the. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Other than I I assume that would be the case. I guess to hear it formally is is a different thing. Um, but I can't even imagine what that package would look like. Like no one think of all the trade machine things that you've seen thrown out on twitter over the years like has any of them a serious has anyone ever put together a serious lebron james trade i don't no. i assume no i you know crazy i, I don't where, know this is what it's come to <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's what happens Thomas when single-handedly responsible for this what isaiah is single-handedly oh. responsible for this. uh well you know the well Kyrie. we'll see Ky- this is this is really all just comes Long back con. to Kyrie's fault yeah Ugh. man okay well that's all I have for today. I'm I'm still struggling to wrap my head around this thought of LeBron being traded, which isn't <laughs> going to happen. Um, but we have, what, two days now until the NBA trade, de- trade deadline at 3 o'clock Eastern, I believe it is, on Thursday. Okay. Um, we have some pieces coming on the site Yeah. in the next couple of days. We'll have a full recap, of course, uh, on Thursday night. And we'll be back, you and I will be back uh, on Tuesday to wrap up what's hopefully a very eventful trade deadline. I always always love an eventful trade deadline. It's like a holiday to me. It is. And it is. so when it's not exciting, it's like there's no it's like when there's no snow on Christmas. Right. It's this like, is this point? type of year is a real slog. I was just talking on after the Super Bowl on Sunday with, with some of the guys about like what's the worst sports month of the year? <laughs> and like February has to be up there. Other than the all star game, which I love but a lot of people hate. You have yeah. a lot of days without NBA games in the middle of February. Nothing going on in baseball. Nothing. Go- football's over. Yep. Um, Hockey is, I think, the I, main thing I at that point. I don't care about that at oh. all. So as I don't a non- watch as a non-hockey though. fan, that, that doesn't even register. Have you been doing a Milwaukee Admirals game? Sure have. Oh, yeah. We got, yeah. We got that going for us. There were, I, Me and about 45 other people were at that game. Okay. The halftime show, or not halftime, what do, what do they even do in hockey? Period, intermission thing? I I think I've seen Red Panda do one of those. At a, at I think they put game? the they put the carpet out. I don't know. I don't think it was like an Admirals game, but I think that there is She's like a halftime show. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That the halftime show. This is in air quotes. Okay. Was someone just came out and demonstrated how to do CPR? It wasn't even like a show. <laughs> it was like a serious, like, hey, everybody, this is how to do CPR. <laughs> And that was it. Like, it was. I guess it was. I'd learn something. I. It would be more. I'm surprised in Wisconsin that wasn't like a quick hitting, like gun safety course or something, like a hunter yeah, safety. Like how to recognize the signs of alcohol poisoning. Thirty minute like course. And yeah. No, it was just like, a, hey, like, I just want to get the word out. This is how to do CPR. I. I that's important. That's the I last suppose. hockey game I've been to. I kind of ruined it. I didn't. Did it. <laughs> I kind of ruined it. <laughs>